explain what we're doing. So what are we doing? We're smoking some meats. We're smoking some meats, but like, what? What? This is a political podcast. Why are we smoking meats? Because they're tasty. Okay, I see this. This particular train of thought isn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, I don't understand the problem. <laughs> so, oh God, how do you find anything in here? I'm looking into the shed. Right, sorry, I'm forgetting this is an audio medium, so I need to use my words. Um, we are in sh- Steve's shed currently, trying to pull out a smoker, and uh, there's a lot of detritus. It's the it's the leg of a desk, apparently. Um, and a bunch of other things. But, oh, we can finally start to see the smoker now. Here's the kit. The smoking tools. Uh-huh. What we got? This is the most what the f- <laughs> is this? This is the, uh, this is the charcoal chimney. So you put the charcoals in here to heat them up. This is actually what we need to do first. Okay. What do, what do you need me to do? Bear in mind, both of my hands are currently holding Very a recorder and a mic. Use the fire part while recording. Ah. Uh. That's not true. We're not going to do that. Health and safety first on what on politics is what I've always said. Yeah. Safety first. Safety friendship first. second. <laughs> uh, no, no, wait. Hilarity first. Hilarity. Safety Hilarity first. first. Safety second. Friendship, friendship, friendship is tertiary. No. Uh, so if listeners remember last year, um, around New Year's time, Steve and I did a, a kind of special off the cuff episode where we went for a walk with Hercules in the dog park. Uh, Hercules is standing right next to me now currently as well, actually. We're nothing. But yeah, last year we took Hercules for a walk in the dog park. We brought our mics and we just chatted about politics in general. Yeah, yeah. we did. I can't really remember much. We got tattoos after it, but we just chatted about... Hercules, get your face out of there. Um, and we want to do something similar again this year. And I thought we were just going to go for another dog walk because I thought that was pretty successful last year. But then you said, you said no, <laughs> we're going to smoke some meats. Well, I mean... I'm smoking meats anyway because I need my tasty meats before I go up to Donegal for Christmas. Right. We can probably take a dog walk later as well if we don't get enough. Out nah, of <laughs> this is fine. Uh, big heavy part. I'm taking out the smoker. Okay. Again, I'm used. To, I'm just going to stand here holding the mic, watch you do this, watch you struggle. That's a chair. That's not a smoker. We can't smoke meat on a chair. Don't you tell me about what I'm doing. <laughs> watch out for the bucket. Watch out for the bucket. I just saved the day, ladies and gentlemen. You are useful. It has fallen over three times in the last month. But it looks to be in relatively good shape. It looks like an iron lung from, like, the first iron lung. <laughs> it might be the first iron lung. Yeah. I have no evidence that it's not, so I must assume that it is. Or you, you would put in a colonial-era sick child into this thing <laughs> to keep them warm. Well, it will keep them pretty warm. It's going to get up to about 150. Oh, God. I'll probably take some pictures and stick them in the show notes for people who want to follow along visually. Put the coal into the chimney and start a fire. Okay, you do that. Now, while you're doing that, what is, is there any parallels between this and politics that we can draw? Despite the obvious, like, fire comparisons. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a useful means of using fire, whereas most politicians these days seem to be okay with just throwing a match down and seeing what happens. There Trump you just got impeached two days ago. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. We're recording this slightly out of order. We're doing because smoking takes some time. Oh, did you fuck it up? These coals are too small for the chimney. I need to get bigger coals. I don't know what that means, but okay, I'm on board. Do you need falling, help? They're falling through the little grate part. Ah, oh. and see, what's that a metaphor for now? Oh, that's the underclasses falling through the cracks. Oh. Dog. Aren't we all just small pieces of coal when you think about it? Not me, I'm a big hunk of coal. <laughs> but you. 
Um, yeah, we're recording these slightly out of order. Our Christmas special, which would have been in your feed a week ago, we have yet to record uh, because smoking takes some time. So we need to queue this up now and we didn't want to miss out on any quality recording time. Total quality recording. <laughs> Everything you're hearing now is quality recording time. Charcoal is really difficult to find in the winter time in Ireland because you have to go hunting for it, and they go into uh, charcoal. Famously, hibernates in winter. Yes, it does because it's way too cold to be standing outside doing something stupid like smoking. Yes, and and charcoal it doesn't realise that it can set itself on fire to be warm, <laughs> which is why it survived to this day. Well, I mean, it probably does, but it knows it's also a one-off thing. Right. It's like it's like it's like when a bee st- you know stings. It knows it can sting. But it knows it'll die when it does, which makes you think about it's like how angry does a bee have to be to to like to to sting to sting you a human being because it knows it's going to die. Mm. Do you think his friends try and talk him out of it? No, don't do it, John. I can't. Get, I don't care. I don't like him. Look at him. <laughs> he looks like a prick. I bet you he voted for Trump. <laughs> this is how I go. If you were a bee and you had one sting, yeah, who would you choose to sting? Anyone in the world. Oh, I know exactly. I would choose the sting, sting from the police. You die with irony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to help me and bring it back to some political discussion. Oh shit! Okay. Well, in fairness, we have talked about sting before on the podcast. <laughs> that was I the would, highlight of the year. Yeah, I will sting him in the middle of one of his tantric sex sessions. Um, he'd probably end up using that to his advantage, uh, depending on where the swelling occurred. I guess. Uh, no, who would I sting? I mean, Trump is the obvious one. Boris is a, is a close second. Yeah. Who else? Who else? Do you have anyone in particular? Can you go back in time? Is this one of them uh, chrono bees who has the ability to travel through space and time? Yes, it's a chrono bee. It's a chrono bee. Okay. We, well, you didn't tell me we were talking about chrono bees. Uh, okay. Well, then obviously Hitler is an obvious one. Three years in, we can finally start talking about the important issues. <laughs> you've, you've been waiting three years to find out our thoughts on Hitler. Wait for it. He was a shite bloke. He wasn't a good guy. Worthy of a sting, that's for sure. Uh, who would you sting in a trade all the space and time with your chronobi? Well, if it was contemporary, I'm feeling pretty pissed off with Jeremy Corbyn for him fucking up the election and letting the Tories win such a stonking majority. Yeah. I was talking to some English people yesterday to find out if stonking is actually used, and it is. I have never heard it used once in my two years of living there. I guess it's not a cool word to be using in the trendy places that you frequent. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. I'm too busy saying cool kid things. Like turnt. Stronking. Like str- What's turnt? Turnt. T-U-R-N-T. Uh, I think we covered it in our youth politics episode. I don't know what it means. Maybe it's drunk. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> it's, a co- it's a close cousin of lit. But lit doesn't mean drunk. Does lit mean drunk? Lit means like... Ooh, whoa. Yeah, I'm, lit means whoa. I'm blazing, babe. <laughs> blazing, babe. Steve's hit you album. I'm blazing, babe. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay, so you'd, you'd you'd sting Jeremy Corbyn with a normal bee, but again with a chrono bee. That's a hard one. Who? Okay, who's ever slighted uh, Winston Churchill? Like who's... Hitler. We've already covered that. Or not Winston Churchill, sorry, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. Mm, well, there's Howard Taft, the guy who replaced him as president and then didn't continue his progressive reforms, and that's why Teddy tried to do a political sting and re- run against him for president. He can get the bee. He... That well, I don't know because you see, Teddy was a bit of a shit when he did that. It wasn't a great point in Teddy. I don't. Yeah, I try and sing Teddy because he would take like a man. Yeah, and he probably it would be contact of any kind. Oh, you're the bee in this in this situation. Yeah, you're the bee. No, I just like I was imagining you have like um power to send a chrono bee. Yeah, like you have you you. Okay, do you want me to um? I'll go back to my chrono bee point. I have a very important chrono bee point, but I'm gonna 
record you light the match. Herc, get away from the fire. Okay, I think oh, we're something. we're lit. Oh yeah, man. We're we're blazing, babe. Hello. Hi. Kate's here. Yeah. What do you think, Kate? If you had a chrono bee, what would you do? What? A chrono bee? I don't know what that is. You know what a bee is? Yeah. Well, a chrono bee is a bee who has the ability to travel through time to sting anyone throughout human history that you want. Okay. So, who, if, with your chrono bee, who would you sting? Hitler in the eye. Hitler in the eye. It's the sequel to Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've gone back outside. We took a little break there. And we are, what are we doing now? He said we're going to pour. We're going to pour the hot coals from the chimney. Okay. Into the side barrel where they go to start the heat. Okay. So we lit a fire earlier under the coals. The coals are smoldering away now. Looks like Sauron's dandruff. And we're going to pour that into this thing. Going to put the meat that we smacked earlier in next to it. Bish bash bosh. Wham, how's your mam? Wham, how's your mam? I'll tell you how she is. Meat. <laughs> too early <laughs> it's all very kind of ritualistic it's all a little bit kind of it feels like a weird ceremony you know what I mean we burn certain things we light certain things there's loads, specific tools there's loads of blood there's loads of blood um, are you cooking the forbidden meats uh, human are you cooking human forbidden since when <laughs> fucking woke <laughs> Back in my day, you could eat a man. <laughs> okay, Steve's lifting up the... Uh... Oh, Jesus, the hot heat off that. Hot, hot. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who knew? Fire is hot. Now, now when? When food now? Uh, food now? When fire stop. When fire makes stop. What are you putting in now? These are cheaper coals. That were too small. It's on fire. <laughs> the bag of coal is on fire, ladies and gentlemen. These are cheaper coals that I got in Argus when I was searching for the coals. And it's the bag's on fire again. <laughs> and is this the first time you've ever um, worked with fire? Yes. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is going horribly wrong. The bag of coals that Steve's trying to pour on top of the fire, the bag itself has caught fire. <laughs> you are supposed to just put the bag into the fire, but that doesn't suit my purposes. Okay, so I'm currently looking at the smoker, the left um, chamber. Chamber, uh, left chamber, where the fire lives. Where fire, where fire live? Where the fire live is fire. I don't. It seems like it's going okay. I don't know much about this whole process. So I want to go back to talking about the chrono bee. Really? Because yeah, I do. I'm not. Fi- I'm not finished talking about it. Because uh, you said you imagined. That you yourself are turning into the Chrono Beast, you could go back and um, That's what touch. I thought it was that you were like use your Harry Carry Chrono Bee final. No, uh, it's not like an anamorph situation where you yourself turn into the bee because then yeah you die. So you have the ability to send the bee. Yeah, you would like in the the situation I'm imagining. You there's like a, a frequency that you can buzz at, and it summons the Chrono Bee out of the ether, and then he lands on your oh Jesus that fire's big, and then he lands he or she. No. Well, queen... How do be- sexes of bees work? There's one queen. And the rest are all lads. The rest are drone lads. Okay, so it'd probably be a, one of the drone lads. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. imagine they would spare the queen for chrono oh, missions. Yes. Maybe she would go for Hitler. Maybe the big missions, you break out the queen. Um, either way, 
she has a successor. Like maybe she's had her successor. She's trained her up. She's ready to take over. And the Chrono B Queen is like, okay, this is one's last act. I imagine it's just. That's a very posh B noise. Got a little sexy at the end there. Um, yeah, so I was imagining you'd summon the Chrono B and then you would whisper um, a, a limerick or something to it with the instructions of what they had to do and where they had to go and then the, the bee would um, disappear into a tiny cute little wormhole. <laughs> I dropped some of the fire. This is an unmitigated disaster. No, this is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Things keep catching fire. We're cooking with fire. True, true. You know what else is like cooking with fire? Modern politics. Go on. I'm not helping you here. <laughs> Shit. I was hoping you were going to yes and me instead of just going yes and. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know, maybe a comparison can be made and this is going to be tenuous as all fuck, but just stick with me here. Smoking, this is like, a, the reason we're starting this so early in the day is because it's a it's a long, slow process, right? Burnt his paw. Hercules burnt his paw. He doesn't seem that bothered, but he's like put his foot down on one of the grey bits and he's like, Ouch. Unmitigated disaster, like I said. So, uh, smoking is like a long, slow process. It requires patience, which is why we're up at early and sunny out here in the cold. But by the end of it, your patience is rewarded. You have delicious smoked meats. Right. And it's not an instantaneous thing. It's not like a microwave yeah. where you'd get something instantaneously, but it's not as delicious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> where am I going with this? The microwave. But exactly. We need to bring it back to the smoker. Yeah, or not even just bring it back, because there are times when inst- like um, action is required when... Um, like now, we've got to get the meat. <laughs> okay, we've got to get the meat. But, you know, there are times when immediacy is, is required to deal with, like, urgent things and that kind of thing. But, yeah, but sometimes politics, you know, the, the, the everyday stuff, the more mundane stuff, the stuff that kind of keeps the, the wheels of society spinning, that stuff isn't instantaneous. That stuff, you know, takes time. Just the system in general takes time. We talked about that with Jamie Bartlett um, when we talked about the people versus tech, the incompatibility of the emotive, immediate social networking side of things and like how our tastes... It's still one of our best issues. Yeah, absolutely. And we're still talking about it to this day. But like the, the, it's, there's like an incompatibility with modern lifestyle as kind of influenced by tech and by social media consumption that's kind of incompatible with how slow bureaucracy and how slow government works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe th- this, we could look to things like metaphors like this, of a long, slow, patient cook that l- leads to a succulent meat at the end. Well, Brexit was an example of a big prime piece of brisket, okay? Right. And it's a big, complicated issue. It needs a lot of time to marinate, to... You got to brine it beforehand? Well, you don't brine beef. Continue. <laughs> um, so you got to make sure you do it right. It's a slow process. And if you do it too quickly, it's going to turn out like shit. That's what the Tories did. Right. David Cameron in 20, whatever, 2010 said, I'm just going to have an referendum on in or out and that's it. And I'll win and it'll be fine. 2010? Yeah, that's when he decided to have the referendum. Oh, right. And it worked out really badly. Yeah. It worked out really badly. And do you think like how much of that kind of stuff is on us? Uh, like just people in general wanting that immediate fix, wanting like seeing that, oh, like looking around, okay, the economy's not great. My, you know, there's the NHS isn't what it used to be, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I want a media change, there's so I'm going to vote on this very... Sorry. There's still, like, there's, there's, like, we're talking about right side issues as well, but then you got, like, the left side issues. There's still racism. Oh my, there can't be racism right tomorrow. Yeah. But, like, it's a long, slow process. Institutions yeah. and people and ways of being take ages to change. That was a pretty good analogy between what we're doing and politics. Well done. <laughs> 
good job. But it is something I've been thinking about in general. Just you know, like social media is based on an on a on an emotion driven economy, and we are very emotion driven people. But politics isn't or shouldn't. Not that it shouldn't, I guess. Politics is an emotional process as well, as much as anything. Like I think it was emotion that swung the last election in the UK. It was emotion that got Trump elected. It's emotion that's getting Trump impeached. Impeached. Um, It's practical politics that's going to keep Trump in office, though. So I guess it's a mix of everything. But yeah, if you just govern by emotion, yeah. it's not a good idea. No. Like you shouldn't make your most important decisions based purely on emotion. Obviously, you have to think about emotion, but you don't go, I'm going to buy that sports car right now because it'll make me feel good within the moment. And then a week later, you're like, I can't afford my first bill for that sports car. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm in trouble. Yeah. yeah. I think you're getting carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> Feel, I feel a little heady. <laughs> I just l- looked off into the middle distance listening to the birds while smoke wafted around me. <laughs> I can feel my major organs shutting down one by one. We have a final thing to do before we can let it smoke for about an hour. What's that? We're going to add the chips. Wood chips. Okay, not chips. Potato chips or fries. Yeah, Parmesan fries. <laughs> so you can smoke the wood chips in water. Listen to what they sound like. Are they hissing? They fizz. What's causing that? Oh, no. Magic. <laughs> That's all the magic escaping. <laughs> this was an ent that you killed by hand, correct? <laughs> this is one of the tree people whose noble sacrifice. Uh, by winning, their sacrifice, I we will be made willing. full. <laughs> he agreed. It was like a German cannibal situation. <laughs> he wanted to help smoke some brisket in his final act. So what kind of wood is this, though? This is uh, maple. Maple. Ooh. Maple and kind? Will, and that will change the flavor of the final... Yeah, it'll add... Um, Smoky maple flavor to the to the beef. It makes for a very pleasing soundscape. That's why I thought it would be a good idea to record. Yeah. I forgot about how busy I have to be when I'm doing it. I'm not able to think about doing it. I think that's a large part of why I like it as well. Gets you in a zone. Yeah, it's like a meditative thing. Yeah. Do you find, like, what kind of stuff do you think about while you're smoking? I really hope I don't burn my foot here. <laughs> and oh, once no. you've had that thought, what kind of... Hopefully deeper insights do you draw. Well, that's actually part of it. I don't really have secondary thoughts when I'm doing it. Yeah. And that's, I think, a good thing because I'm always having secondary thoughts. True, yeah. True. It's important to have to give yourself that headspace. The idea of mindfulness. Like, do you do, you, do you meditate when we talk about this? No, well, not, I haven't tried hard enough, I don't think. Right. I do, I, I pay for a, a, a headspace thing and I try every day, but I don't, sometimes I don't. But when I can, I really try to do like a 20 minute meditative mindfulness and it really helps I think giving yourself that time especially like cause I, know I drive a lot of my anxiety from um, like news and stuff <laughs> like the, just the general events in the world and when it comes to like I think processing like bad stuff that's happening around you or even good stuff that's happening around you it's helpful to have that slot of time in your day where you're not thinking about that stuff or even anything and it's almost like blasting your cash inside your head if you're a computer you're clearing out a little bit of that extra gumph and resetting so that you can then when you are thinking process a little bit better does that make think, any sense it does do you think hosting a podcast where you have to think about the terrible things that are going wrong in the world every two weeks helps or hinders with your general anxiety um i think it depends on where my anxiety is i think in general in the broad scheme of thing it helps right because i can banter understanding help Sorry? More understanding of the... Yeah, more understanding helps, but also being able to, like, banter with it, to know that it's not so sacred. Like, nothing is so solemn that it's a, it's um, above you and I having a, a bit of a laugh at, unless there's some sort of human tragedy, obviously. 
but like in general, it's nice. It, it is a comfort to know, okay, terrible things are happening, but like can still apply, you know, sense of humor to it. And that just makes it a little bit easier to parse as well. Because yeah. that's the whole reason we started this is because I can't really parse this stuff unless like the most I ever learned from politics came from like when we would hang out in the pub and you would go and rant about something. It's like, oh, I, f- I kind of get this now. And that's why this podcast exists is because I'm better, eat, better um, able to process stuff when it's done this way. Um, what was the original question? Doing this show, uh, anxiety, that kind of thing. Um, no, yeah, it, it, there are sometimes like if I'm feeling particularly anxious and just everywhere you look, there's bad news stories and that doesn't, doesn't matter how jokey you get about it. It's a little bit, you know, do you ever get that way? No, I, I managed to totally separate goings on in the world with my own sense of well-being. You've always been very good at that though. Yeah, well, I had to learn it though. After Trump got elected, I was, I like felt awful for a couple of days and I was like, why am I feeling awful? It's a president being elected in the United States of America. Granted, it'll have some impact on my life, but ultimately no. And also it's about not being wrapped up in the moment. The worst thing that has ever happened isn't happening now. Like, yeah, I mean, once it did, <laughs> but I can I can nearly be sure it's not happening to you now. I mean, you're not a Rohingya ethnic tribe in Burma getting exterminated. You're not in Syria, which we're going to talk about on that review episode. Donald Trump is a shit. He represents a lot of shitty things about the world. But at the end of the day, like, take a step back, think, okay, how does this actually affect me apart from pissing me off? Yeah. So yes, you compartmentalize that pissing offness, use it for good things like campaigning against them, yeah. but don't let it don't let it ruin your life. Yeah, that's good advice. I guess as well the point we were talking about earlier about like the emotive nature of social media and our changing kind of relationship to it. That this kind of stuff, like the Trump stuff when he tweets in capillators, it's all very emotive and it's all very like the algorithms prioritize salacious, evocative content, that kind of thing. And when the current landscape we're in has things like Trump doing this kind of stuff or whether it's Brexit or whatever it's easier for that shit to rise to the surface Rick burned his fur oh. <laughs> forget what you just said this is the worst thing that ever happened <laughs> he walked underneath the smoky drum barrel and his, oh. bur- his fur went it smells awful to get hurt. hot dog sorry ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there has to be a joke in here somewhere <laughs> Make oh, have I been recording? I have, sorry. <laughs> For a second there, I thought I missed out on all of this. Not that any of it was particularly good, but... Okay, we're going to check in on the meat now. Describe it to the listeners. Um, It's actually gorgeous colour. It's kind of an earthy, reddy colour from all the paprika you put on it. Uh, it's, ca- <laughs> it's covered in smoke Smokey. right now. It's like Batman emerging from an alleyway right now. Why does um, he never cough? Batman. When he drops a smoke bomb, why is he not like? That's a good point. Maybe because he's a fictional character. <laughs> Sorry. He's giving me a look. <laughs> that was a lazy joke. That was. <laughs> I hate when people make those jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe because, because it's scripted. Because it's in the script. I was like, yeah. Gah! Get fucked. <laughs> yeah, it was a lazy joke. So why doesn't Batman cough? I'm sure he has something in his belt for that kind of thing. Good antihistamines or something like that. Yeah, and he's just constantly... That's why his voice is all gravelly. Maybe he's just like constantly getting blazed in the Batcave. <laughs> and he's just like immune. This is nothing to him anymore. He's always hotboxing it in the Batmobile. <laughs> and he's just lost all sense of kind of sensitivity around smoke in general. Him and Alfred are just getting off their tits on the kindest, kindest kush. Kindest kush? Is that yeah. <laughs> Pick that up in California. <laughs> uh, that sticky icky. 
that dank herb. They have a lot of a very robust vernacular around weed culture in Is California. Any time to actually smoke? <laughs> no, it's just it's just you just list it all off. I quite often get burned doing this. Bit. Oh, let me get closer. So the whole process of smoking involves a circulation of air. So there has to be a little, um, like a little air vent at the at, at the two ends. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I'm moving the coals around, the hot coals fall out and burn my foot. I have slippers that I was wearing the last time I did this, and the little hot coals fell on them, and it looks like hot rocks. Actually, talking about talking about back when people used to smoke hash, and they were good damn slippers. I still wear them, but there's little bits of fluff sticking out of them from when I burned my foot. But now those slippers have a story. You know what you can say? You can say, "Oh, those are my great granddaddy slippers from the war." <laughs> he, got, that, he liked to be cozy when he was fighting the Nazis. Yeah, they got they got damaged. I don't. I didn't check which side he was on. <laughs> oh God. Just blow away some of the ash. Oh, it's a swastika. Oh, no, granddad, no. <laughs> swastika slippers. <laughs> Standard issue. Can you imagine the branding returns and marketing returns the Nazis would get if they were around these days? Like, the amount of symbolism they had. Obviously, making money wasn't that important, but I imagine it would be these days. The yeah, especially now when brands are such a, like, a commodity. It'd be like yeah. a Nazi Etsy. A na- na- Nazi. Na- na- That'd just be Nazi. <laughs> Is it spelled differently? Yeah. Oh my god! I am registering that website tonight. Nazi.com. I assume it's already taken. I'm not a Nazi, by the way. <laughs> Three years in, it's important to really re-emphasize this stuff. <laughs> Looking at some of our iTunes reviews in Ireland, do you? <laughs> we counter review. We got someone who reviewed on the basis of the other review saying they were wrong. So I like that. Oh, hooray! Maybe I should just talk about this now. If you're in Ireland and you listen to our show and you like it, maybe give us a review on iTunes because... Apple Podcasts. Sorry, yeah, Apple Podcasts. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this because there seems to be... I won't, one, It all kind of happened around one time, but we got targeted by a lot of um, a very aggressive one-star reviews on iTunes uh, calling us out for being... There's a couple, a couple of things, like for one for being Fine Gael Radio because we talked to one Fine Gael TD, uh, despite the fact we've talked to way more members of the Green Party in general. Uh, also, people saying stuff like we make room for far right populism because we're so center. I still can't believe that's our fault. I, I know, right? That's like we're responsible for uh, the rise of fascism, I guess. And they all seem to happen around the same time. And I don't think they were particularly fair. Like they didn't seem to be made by people who actually listened to our back catalogue. Because I don't think we make room for far right populist thought. Well, <laughs> yeah, that you meant it, but it. you did just say that you're you're not a Nazi, so <laughs> we're covering our bases. Not a Nazi, not hundred percent. <laughs> Believe me. So. Yeah, so I don't know if you're in Ireland and maybe want to help because, like, in every other country we're in, we're, we are uh, have strong five star ratings. But in Ireland, 4. 9. sorry, 4.9, 4.9. But you know, you know what I mean. Um, but in Ireland, we have this dip because we got seemed to be like around one time, like, all happened within like a month. We just like, got hit by a whole bunch of these one star reviews uh, that seemed, I would say, pretty unfair. I know I am biased. Um, so maybe if you live in Ireland and you want to help us out, maybe give us a five star review over the. The break That'd it'd be, be lovely a nice Christmas present it would you. be a lovely Christmas present for us and we would very much appreciate it because like I know every podcast always talks about oh give us uh, give us five stars uh, rate and review all that kind of stuff and you kind of block it out you kind of desensitize you get desensitized to it but it does help like the uh, the Apple podcast algorithm like how it recommends stuff regionally and based off your interests one of the main criteria it looks at are the reviews that they're getting so if you're in Ireland and are interested in political podcast you might not see our show in apple podcasts or similar podcast apps because of some of these reviews um but that, that's enough of me begging begging for for um 
five star reviews. What are these? These are organic fire lighters. They just look like wood shavings. It's wood shavings with wax. But you know the way the old What fire part of the ent was this? <laughs> this is part of his testes. Oh no! Tree beard to no. <laughs> no this, it wasn't tree beard, it was tree balls. <laughs> oh, I hate tree balls. Tree balls was the nasty ent. <laughs> he didn't help marry your pit, but he was just in the corner just getting down on some um on some oaks. <laughs> oh, tree balls. I think this is a good point to pause, otherwise you're going to have a, too much editing to do. Yeah, okay. Check back in a second. Okay, sorry. Yes, uh, we're back. Uh, how long how, how long has this been cooking? About three hours. And is it done? No. What happens now? Uh, we'll go inside and we'll see. I cannot wait. Oh my God, it looks so good. It smells so smoky. Who'd have thought all that smoke <laughs> would lead to something that smells so smoky? Oh, Hercules is salivating on my knee. Oh. Buddy, so what's the next step? I'm looking, okay, for listeners, I'm sitting at his kitchen table. He's removed the brisket. He's penetrating it with a thermometer of some sort. 53.8. What are we looking for? Uh, About 60 something. 69. Do not (laughs) take what I say about health food safety to heart here. Do okay. not sue me if you get food Look, I just Googled it, and apparently if we hit 69 internal temp, it's the most succulent, tasty uh, meat it can be. So I just checked the um, Celsius, um, ideal Celsius for, for red meat, for beef, and 50 degrees is like very rare. Mm-hmm. So that means it's nearly done. But I'm just going to wrap it up in parchment paper and put it back in for another hour. So Sounds great. Bye-bye. Do we name him? No, that's not name. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Richie Jr. <laughs> I've been like, so <clears throat> this is one thing I was going to chat to you about. I've been eating a lot less meat recently, probably down to about once or twice a week. Wow, so, so this might um, kill me. <laughs> this is the most meat I've seen in any one place. And I'm including when I look at cows. <laughs> this is a big piece of a cow. This is two kilos. Actually, it's actually the smallest one I've made so far. Can you, can you smoke stuff that isn't meat? You know, you can smoke fish, right. but oh. I've never heard of smoking vegetables. But you may be talking to the wrong person. True, because I know I know we've got some veggies and vegans and peskies out there, and if they want if they want to smoke their own stuff, because I assume it's going to be all the rage after this podcast hits the feeds. What can they do? I'm sure you can smoke a mushroom like a hearty portobello. You can grill them. I know you can grill them, but I don't think so. You don't get anything from slow cooking vegetables if you understand. They kind of fall apart then and get mushy. Yeah, or they just you just don't gain it. See, the thing about when you're slow cooking the meat, you're you're not destroying the fibers of the meat as you're cooking it, so it makes it taste better. Whereas if you burn it or overcook it or cook it too fast, it tastes less better. This is my scientific knowledge, Jamie Oliver. Fuck you. You're really targeting Jamie Oliver. Bish bash bong. Boom spish bloosh. <laughs> yeah, suck on that, Jamie. I like Jamie Oliver. I ate, I ate his uh, restaurant in Gatwick yesterday. Uh, That's where I saw that kid with the lime. My cousin's got food poisoning at his restaurants in Gatwick this time last year. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're okay. You passed the test. You didn't get sick too quick. I didn't say I did yesterday, though, just in case you would like think yourself into illness. Well, I'm staying in your house, so if there was going to be any sort of clean up an aisle, Steve's spare room, <laughs> you're doing a very good job of wrapping this this um this beef package. Do you like it when I say beef package? Beef package. 
reduction paper, which you have to get special. You can't just use regular baking paper. You have to get something that'll suck up the juices. Um, and you just wrap it around in string, basically. Make it all tight-like. Mm. Because there's something that happens when you're slow cooking meats. You reach like a point where the internal temperature stops rising. I think oh. it's called a stall in smoking terminology. And one of the ways around it is to do this. Wrap it up and make sure the heat stays in there. Will this not catch fire? Because earlier on, most of the things we touched caught fire to some degree at some point. Were, yeah. And this is paper. They were in the fire drum. This is going to be in the smoke drum. Which is close to the fire. You literally, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> so You're very nervous, Richard. You're twitching. I'm t- I've, just, I've had too much coffee. <laughs> Two cups, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I just, I'm very... Very twitchy. I usually drink more than that, but it's like at work and I channel all of that like nervous leg bouncy energy you get into now into like my stressful job and it just like sucks it all up and I don't even notice it. So when I'm on the weekends, I have two coffees. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> well, now you're going to watch me put this brisket back in the smoker. Let's do it. Come on, Hercules. Oh, we've got chickens in there now. Yeah. The only problem is, as you can see, Richie, you can see, they can't see. Not a lot of space. Not a lot of space in my smoker for all this meat. Got to meat pack it in. So I'm basically strong arming this fucking chicken into the thing. Hey, it closed. <laughs> Hooray. It was one of the most disturbing, si- disturbing sights I've ever seen, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know. I feel like our conversation has been heavily weighted towards, we're back in the kitchen now, heavily weighted towards the smoking side of things and less so towards the politics side of things. Yeah. Should we try and, is it a review though? No, this isn't a review. This is a reflection. Reflection. Do you have, do you have anything to reflect on? Let me go back outside to tell you. And we're walking again. I guess we mentioned it in the last episode um, that we recorded five minutes ago that you're going to hear a week before. We didn't really talk much about Ireland this year. No, and no. Only really in news stories as yeah. stuff was kind of happening. But not nothing kind of bigger picture, I think. No, like we had the, the abortion referendum the year before and the uh, presidential election. But like we didn't do a special on the elections that we had here, the local and Europeans. I mean, we mentioned them, but we didn't do like a special. Mm-hmm. And... We did have a guy talking about campaigning in Ireland, but like proper specific deep dives into what was going on in Ireland, we didn't do it. And I noticed myself, like when I'm having conversations with friends who work either in journalism or in Irish politics, I didn't really know how to keep up in the conversation. So You didn't know. I didn't know. I'm failing on what I'm politics. (laughs) I'm supposed to be the one that knows. Man, what a richie you've become. (laughs) I think think we've met halfway in the between. Like I've gotten a bit more Steve and you've got a bit more Richie. You've been like getting all the best reflections and comments and analysis coming in. And you've been getting stupider and stupider. <laughs> Stop sucking on my brain energy, Richie. <laughs> I wake up at night, he's just leaving over me. This big straw into my ear. It's a silly straw. It's it's very entertaining. <laughs> it makes that noise. <laughs> uh, so you're saying you want to talk more. Are you like are you disappointed that we haven't been talking more about Irish politics? To a certain extent. Like it's a, it's a lost opportunity, a lost cause. As you say, we are Irish. We have a lot of Irish listeners. And there's no point in not leaning into it a bit more. I think we, sometimes we were at the start like worried about our international audience listening to stuff about Ireland. Yeah, because when we first started, we saw like pr- pretty straight away, we had three similar audience shares across UK, Ireland and America. Very similar numbers across the three. In fact, in the early days, they often kind of competed for first. Not competed. It wasn't, no one cared. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the numbers kind of gradually would shift around depending on the topic, would shift between oh, Americans like this a little bit more, or Irish, or UK. And so we were always really cognizant of kind of like being all-inclusive, maybe almost to our detriment. Maybe, I know in the early days, I guess it was important that we did do have that kind of broad 
because I was getting a foundation in um, in politics in general, I guess. So it was important that we did have that kind of broad spectrum. But like we said, I want to move back here and it would be nice to... Know what's going on. Know what's going on. Yeah. So, so we will. Um, we've been talking about doing one on... Ireland's system of dealing with asylum seekers, which is called direct provision. That's been a big issue this year. Mm -hmm. Um, So we definitely want to talk to some experts on that next year. And then even we should just do more one-on-ones talking about what's going on, talking about big things that happened. Just you and I, like. Yeah, Yeah. you and I. Me and you. You and me, me and you. We can put our appendants, our uh, our new necklaces together. Just the two of us. We can podcast if we try, just the two of us. This is not the first time we've sang this song together and said podcast. I think, which one? It was like early, early days, <laughs> like in single digits. I think we sang this song in the cold open. Episode 16, What and Monarchies, 23rd of May 2017. It's weird when it's just the two of us. Yeah. Just the two of us. We, we can, can podcast, podcast if we, we try. try. Just the two of us. <laughs> Steve and I. Just the two of us. Actually, you know what? Fuck it, I might make that the opening of the episode. It's fine. You have that power. <laughs> Unless you had anything particularly insightful or witty or you were going to say. No. Roll the theme music. Look at us, running out of jokes already. <laughs> three years ain't bad. We're nearly three years old. No, we've established in the fiction of the show that our granddaddies did this podcast and they handed it down to us. But our iteration. Yeah, that's true. Our version. What on Politics 3.0. That's it. Uh, any other reflections? So here's, okay, here's one thing I was thinking of, like something for next year. So we, I feel like we're constantly in the wake of all the different elections and revelations, blah, 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 constantly talking about our echo chamber, right? And the, the circles we, we, we move in and how they re-emphasize our own beliefs, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I was thinking, was it, would it be worth including a new segment in our show where we bring an example of something, we intentionally go outside of our sphere and try and pull in something. Not to berate it, not to vilify or antagonize it, but just take, whether it's like we're looking at, you know, whatever subject we're like, if we're looking at direct provision or whatever, we, we reach into an article maybe on the opposite side of where we would normally look for stuff, pull it in, why are they talking the way they are and just kind of see the, just add an extra dimension to the stuff we're looking at. Because I know personally, like when um, this year, was it this year maybe we started last year, but I start like when we're doing news stories, I would take a news story so I'd have to do research. I go to the same news sites all the time. BBC Guardian. BBC and The Guardian all the time. Um, and I never look beyond them. Well, I, I do look beyond them, but the stuff like the New York Times or, you know, the LA Times or, or, or other... LA Times. Yeah, LA Times have been... Get, have been, have been um, have some good journalism as well when I need a West Coast opinion. But is it worth now also intentionally going, okay, and now here's what Fox is saying or here's what The Telegraph is saying or do you think that's just like a token gesture that doesn't really amount to much? I don't know. I'm, I'm of two minds about it. I don't think it's necessarily a token gesture, but then I also wonder, there's two reasons. One, is it worthwhile? Like is what they're saying actually bullshit? <laughs> and is there a reason why we don't agree with it anyway? Or as you say, is it just because of our, our echo chambers and our inclinations? I think it's, it, would be, it would be less so to kind of go to these as information sources to, yeah, for answers. It's more so, okay, here's yeah. the psyche of people beyond, yeah. you know, outside of our spectrum. Another take. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you think that's worth something worth implementing? I think so, yeah. yeah. Good idea. Maybe we'll do that. If if listeners like the idea of that, just write in and let us know. If you think if or if you're doing something similar, if you know someone who's doing something similar, what are the sources they're using? If you you know, if there's a nice kind of like 
center righty type thing or a very like far righty thing that just says ridiculous shit that you like to keep your eye on just for you know to 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 keep your enemies closer type thing or even like hard left stuff stuff that we might not agree with on the 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 hard left side of things as well yeah whatever you got let, let, let send it to us um another thing another kind of something that I've been doing this year kind of using myself as like a proving ground for it and I kind of I guess it falls into a similar category to stuff we've been talking about but like the idea of social spaces treating social spaces with more care and thought and curation so you've mentioned in not the last episode but the episode before it about Twitter is basically a cesspit and that's not a, that's not a new sentiment that's really not liking it this year yeah yeah and we are creatures who are like hooked to our devices like we're constantly looking like in general you're doing it right now go to our devices all the time and if Twitter is a cesspit and it's, it forms an intrinsic part of this one of a better word like addiction that we all seem to share then that's that is a toxic thing that's now living in your pocket and is like part of the fabric and DNA of everyday life so what I've been trying to do lately is curate my social spaces to be something that I think is more healthy for me where I'm at in life and then separate out the kind of harder, heavier, newsier stuff, make that a separate thing. So when I want to look at new stuff, I've basically like cleanse all of my social channels of news content or stuff that would, f- you know, basically stuff that would start to edge into the cesspity type stuff you were talking about before and just keep my like Insta- I don't I basically don't use Twitter anymore because I think it's a little bit of a write off or if I do I keep it to like comedians and kind of more lighter socially s- social stuff and then when I want to look at new stuff I go to the news outlets I talked about before and it's like a separate thing they're not cross-pollinated because and this is something we talked about in our first um, Dublin podcast live show with Mark Little the, alg- the social algorithms are not optimized for news consumption. They are optimized for emotive uh, behaviors. And so salacious content, controversial content, stuff that elicits an emotive reaction goes to the top. And that's not necessarily to say it's the best journalism. It's just the most evocative. And I, think, I don't think it's a coincidence that that's the case and we're also getting these crazy Twitter wars. So splitting things out. So I now keep my, Insta- my Instagram. There's no political content on my Instagram whatsoever. It's just artists I like web comics I like and dogs I adore and so it's just like a nice space to go when I open up my phone and then if I want new stuff I go to these bigger like journalistic institutions where I know it'll be a little bit more measured and you know editorialized is that something you agree with do you think there's merit to that or is do you think I'm overthinking it um I don't think you're overthinking it I think the approach is probably a good one basically you're, you're proposing that we remove news and politics from the social media platforms uh, that's what I'm doing personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not saying like legislate it yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or legalize it, but you're saying that as a as best practice it's good not to have them in there. Yeah. The news and, and social media platforms are not gonna like that because they've been trying to adapt it to their own ends. Um yeah, it, it makes sense to me. I guess it would remove that part of what, what has changed recently in politics. It would dump it would like take that out of it. Like the as you say, like like the fake news part of things is, is absolutely ridiculous. There was a couple of cases over the campaign of like allegations of someone being punched, even though it clearly didn't happen, flying around with, with a bomb. And it turns out they were linked to journalists willy-nilly retweeting stuff and fake accounts pushing it forward. But if we stopped using Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for those purposes, then yeah, we would no longer have that influencing our po- politics and political decisions. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea. Yeah, And then you just go to 
You know, you want your news, you go for news. Yeah. You want like a social interaction. You want the things that social media platforms were originally built on, like connectivity, uh, staying in the loop of certain things, like socially speaking. Then you go there for those and you kind of draw a little bit of a line in the sand. Not to say it's it, there wouldn't be some cross-pollination, like live Twitter updates are great for certain things like the impeachment hearings, like when stuff is changing like minute to minute and you want to have that live update, that's that's great there. But in terms of just general discourse, I don't think it's the right venue. It's the right medium at all. Yeah. Um, I am thinking though, like I mostly just use Twitter for news and political discussion. I never use it for social, I don't think. Um, even when people try to talk to me on Twitter, like to have conversations, I'm not up for it because it's not, it's not a comfortable place for me to have those kind of conversations. I guess maybe I've inadvertently done that without realizing although I do as you were saying and I realized oh I follow a couple of news accounts on Instagram I should probably get rid of them as you say because keep it for pictures of dogs yeah. um, and food but I, I still think there is something worthwhile about the idea of Twitter being used for political discussions and having these broad conversations and stuff it just hasn't been done well maybe it is because how the algorithm is designed to push for salacious content as opposed to quote unquote worthy content mm. so Maybe it's just an approach of how we use it. I do think there is something something worthwhile in having a big public forum that people can turn lumps out of each other. Yeah. Politically, um, argumentatively, but still, what's the word? Politely, to a certain extent? Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get that? No. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> the the infinitevoid.com. It's just a black inky void where you shout into your microphone and it makes an MP3 and it just shoves it out there. <laughs> TM, TM, patent pending. Copyright, copyright. So now we're pouring in more fire, checking back in on the, on the, oh, okay. Oh, these are hot ones. Look at them, that's so cool. So we put in a fresh batch of coals. More smoke, fresh smoke, better smoke. What was wrong with the old smoke? It had died off. Oh, I've been playing the game City Skylines a lot lately. You know that one? No idea what you're talking like about. The new version of SimCity, basically. You build a big city. And, I mean, it's it's relatively straightforward. It's mostly like building your own model train set city kind of thingy. Um, but the hardest part about it is whenever your city gets big enough, corpses keep on piling up. What? It's just like, I have to build like 27 crematoriums in the city for every block, or else I get a little alert saying, a dead body is waiting for collection. A dead body is waiting for collection. It's so fucking frustrating. This seems like a really imbalanced... Part of the game. Something in the algorithm is just like, oh, is there, how many? What's the population of this fictional place? Uh, it's like a hundred thousand, but I think they this is <laughs> this is fuck. He's broken. But I think they minimize the the actual like the city looks like it should be huge, but they only say a hundred thousand, and I can't imagine what a one million city would look like. It would be like five times the size of London. Do you think you have like a serial killer problem? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, build police stations. That's probably the solution. There's just like, I've created a libertarian Mad Max style of gangland. Yeah. And you're like t- too busy trying to just sweep up corpses as opposed to dealing with the mass murders <laughs> that are happening. Coming from. <laughs> Man. Okay, we're putting fresh wood chips on. The seagulls squawking in the background might make it sound like we're burning seagulls. They're delicious. <laughs> those, those don't look like chickens you put in there earlier. <laughs> so we put out on Instagram a while ago when we were looking for um, people to suggest what we should talk about uh, for like our, our end of year. And a lot of people, this is another thing I want to talk about, took a very, now bear in mind, the timing wasn't great. It was around the time of the general election, I believe. But a lot of our responses kind of... I'm crying. 
A little bit like that, yeah. No, I mean the smoke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's stuff like, talk about the p- apocalypse that's going to happen. And sorry, it sounds like I'm ripping the piss out of our listeners for doing a terrible impersonation of them. Oh, it sounds like this. <laughs> oh, talk about the apocalypse, <laughs> But it's a lot of doom and gloom, basically. It's like, talk about how the world's ending, talk about blah, 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 talk about how blah, blah, blah. And this is something we talked about last year. And I don't think I was particularly good at it this year. <laughs> but the idea of pushing this narrative of, like, the world's ending and, like, speaking in big, grandiose, sweeping, negative generalizations. That is, like, the idea of the apocalypse and all of this stuff is a prologue in, you know, dystopian book series that's going to be written. You know what I mean? Like, these are the opening chapters of dystopia, blah, 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 blah. Which isn't helpful for anyone. But how do you feel? And we said said last year we would try and step away from that, try and step away from that narrative of, like, the world is ending, try and step away from the narrative of, like, everything's collapsing around us, blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like... Because I don't think I've done a good job of that. I feel like... I know it's kind of hard with us because we try to do, like, irreverent humor sometimes and that involves like our little goofs about me opening my window at bricks and there's people screaming in the streets and we literally said cthulhu had been summoned because of the 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 strife of the whole country but i feel like that's kind of like a must be just like a facetious joke but in general like ideologically how do you feel you've done with that kind of change of mind very badly (laughs) yeah personally i don't think the world is ending um even on like the environmental issues it's something that i'm usually afraid to say because i'm usually the response is usually you're not taking it seriously enough or that's the attitude that's letting us all die. But the climate changing to whatever degree, I mean, obviously I'm not a climate scientist. I'm not speaking with authority here. But my understanding is is that it will make things hard, different and worse, but it's not an apocalypse. It's not an Armageddon. The world will not end. Like, And then that needs to be taken into consideration as well because we're, all, we're saying we have to solve the world now as if it's the end of a Marvel movie and then there's like a solution to fix it so that we'll be fine afterwards. Whereas what the actual thing is is that we need to start adjusting and making plans and changes, including accounting for when we're going to fuck up and not do enough to fix it. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're right. It's like the, the world's not going to turn into a second sun and everything, life dies. But I Some think... think that. True, but it's not, it's not the case. But I do think that and life as we know it will change to your point and also i absolutely i think i think it will life I, like things will i, I think it'll have a, knock, a knock-on effect a series of knock-on effects economically socially and those changes are are scary are scary, and i think they're worth having it will look as different as it did a hundred years from now will look as different as it did from a hundred years ago you know, think the rate of change is so exponential that that's like not necessarily because it's not the same trajectory of climate change that we've had over the past hundred years that they're predicting to happen over the next. I'm not just talking about the climate change. I'm talking most importantly about how humans live within it, because ultimately that's all we have is our human experience and our human lives. Mm. So there will be noticeable comparisons and noticeable differences, but we're not going to be living in mud huts or. I'm going to be on the moon. You're going to be on the moon and the Irish space program that you allude to in this episode or last, in the, last episode. Uh, yeah. Or was it this episode? Can't keep track. We're recording two episodes today. It, like a Christopher Nolan film, we're jumping narratively around in time quite a bit. Uh, Christoph Fallen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, that's well, like, yeah. Okay, so we've already had an example of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the problem that we what happens when you try to say it won't be as bad as all that because and then ultimately I do think to a certain extent it isn't helpful to say actually it's not as bad as all that because you're saying yeah but what about mm-hmm. whereas like yes we do have to immediately make massive policy political and economic changes to our structure so a bit of raging and ranting for a couple of years is a good thing because we're 
swinging the balance back to where it hasn't been for way too long. Yeah, yeah. Speed, the change happens slowly, but we need to speed it up to get to where we need to be. But then ultimately, like we were saying earlier, don't let that make you feel sick. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let that make you feel so anxious that you can't function normally. Mm. Because number one, um, well, okay, two bits. It, It isn't... It isn't that bad to a certain extent. And especially, frankly, because you're listening to a podcast on a highly charged electronic device, you're probably not living in the places, unfortunately, that are going to get worse hit. Yeah. (laughs) So unless you are, and then I'm sorry for you. (laughs) I'm sorry. But then secondary, you also can't change it. You're only one human out of 7 billion and you're not in charge of the world. And even the people that are in charge of the world usually feel powerless. So you're only one cog in the system. So yes, make your changes as best you can. Tell as many people as you can to make changes. Get involved in campaigns. Get invo- involved in Extinction Rebellion. Cheer on Greta, retweet her. But don't, don't carry the weight of seven billion people on your shoulders. Don't like get out of bed in the morning, or or have anything. If don't let it, don't let it affect your enjoyment of the world at all. Because ultimately, that's all you're responsible for. Yeah, that's quite nice. That's quite nice. Should we wrap it up there? Okay. You think? I don't know. I'm afraid of keep talking because then like. Like a fart joke or something, and like a little undercut. We already did. Did we? You just did now. Uh, well, while we we're talking about it, when I was on my flight yesterday, the guy I was sitting next to, it's like he was constantly farting 5%. Like he didn't like fart, like with one fart. It's like he was always just like 5% farting. And he had a shart, and it was just the residue of that. See, this is why I thought we should have stopped when we did. <laughs> Because now this is our legacy for this episode. This will be the last thing people hear in 2019 from What Am Politics. No, not even because they're listening to it. Oh, yeah, it is. It's the, it's the 31st today. So happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. Look. Let all your charts be small ones. Oh, God. 5%. Look, 2020, not a single fart joke. Just calling it now. Calling it now. 2020, no more fart jokes. Happy new year, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Um.